Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is brought to you by Green and Black's Velvet Edition, a delicious range of sumptuously smooth dark chocolate. You're listening to the Irish Times Women's Podcast. I'm Roisin Ingle. Here we are a full week into this lockdown situation. I hope you're doing okay. I'm here in my bedroom. Uh, I've come out from under the duvet because uh, my producer very kindly and keeping within the social distance guidelines left some recording equipment at my door this morning. So hopefully the sound is a little bit better and a bit closer to what we have in the studio. Downstairs in my kitchen, I've got a full homeschooling situation going on. They did a project on Mary Robinson yesterday, and I even learned something from that, that she has a son called Aubrey, which I didn't know. Uh, So this is going to be educational for us all. And actually, we're going to do an episode on educating your kids at home and the kind of things that are going on in this house. I heard from behind a door, one of them being shown how to uh, work the washing machine by my partner. So I think this is this is going to be good in some ways. We're going to be doing regular chats with some older women on the podcast about how they're coping. You heard from my mum in the last episode and today we've got a great woman for you called MJ who's an absolute tonic. Stay tuned for that. We're also heading off to Rome, well virtually, and talking to a young woman we had on the podcast BC before Corona. It's Romana Testaseca who's in lockdown with her family in Italy and I think you're really going to enjoy my chat with her because she's so full of positivity and helpful ideas about how to survive this time. And we're also going to be getting some Corona updates from Irish Times journalist Jennifer O'Connell, who is in Waterford. And I think she's in a cupboard, so I'm doing a bit better than her because I'm on my bed and it's actually quite comfortable. But first, we've been encouraging you to send us in your pandemic poetry and not just your poetry, but your thoughts about this really surreal and strange time. And this poem I came across on the Internet really moved me. It was written very recently, I think on the um, beginning of uh, March this year. And it's just called Pandemic. It's by Lynn Unger. I hope you like it because it kind of puts me in a peaceful mood when I read it. Pandemic. What if you thought of it as the Jews consider the Sabbath, the most sacred of times? Cease from travel, cease from buying and selling. Give up, just for now, on trying to make the world different than it is. Sing. Pray, touch only those to whom you commit your life, centre down. And when your body has become still, reach out with your heart. Know that we are connected in ways that are terrifying and beautiful. You could hardly deny it now. Know that our lives are in one another's hands. Surely that has come clear. 
Do not reach out your hands. Reach out your heart. Reach out your words. Reach out all the tendrils of compassion that move invisibly where we cannot touch. Promise this world your love, for better or for worse, in sickness and in health, so long as we all shall live. I just really like that poem and I hope it did something for you as well. Now, we want to hear all your own thoughts about this very weird time and we want to hear how you're getting on. So do email us, thewomenspodcast at irishtimes.com and we're on Twitter and Facebook at IT Women's Podcast. And you can find me on Twitter. I'm there quite a lot, probably more than I should be. Uh, I'm at Roisin Ingle. Now, Irish Times journalist Jennifer O'Connell was talking to me earlier from her cupboard in Waterford. Jennifer, how's it going? Coming to you live from what used to be a cupboard in my spare bedroom, Roisin. I'm pretty good. How are you? <laughs> I'm grand. I'm in my bedroom. I've come out from under my duvet. That's where I was uh, last week for doing the podcast. But I've, <laughs> I'm hoping that this <laughs> that this new um, thing on my bed, I have a sort of a, what you call a, now this is terrible, is it an Ottoman? I mean, that sounds like a very fancy word, but you know, that kind of a thing. I don't it's think like, we have uh, those in Waterford. Describe it to me. <laughs> You you would put it under your feet if you were watching the telly. You'd have might have it in front of you to put your feet on. We would call that a poof. A poof? We would call that a poof. Yeah, yeah, but it's a poof, but it's sort of long and wide. So I've put it up on my bed, and my laptop and the microphone are on that. So it's essentially like acting like a little desk on my bed. Very innovative. <laughs> Thank you. Aren't you finding that we're all getting a lot more creative these days? I am finding that actually, particularly about ways to keep the children quiet uh, when you're trying to do a work call or a podcast or, or something similar. I find shouting is just really helpful. Mm. Yeah, bribery, <laughs> uh, shouting, whatever it takes, sending them out yeah. in the garden and locking the back door has worked here as well. Exactly. Well, we're all still carrying on. The Irish Times is still being printed. We're online and we're in print and um, we're bringing everybody the news. And speaking of which, could you update everyone on kind of the latest corona figures that came out yesterday. Yeah, so as of Wednesday night, uh, a further 74 cases were announced in in Ireland. So there were 29 women and and 45 men, which brings us to 366 cases in the Republic uh, and 434 on on the island of Ireland. Now, interestingly, we actually, we got a bit of a deep dive into those figures, which we haven't had before. So uh, 40% of those um, diagnosed so far involved men and 59% are female and there are 23 clusters um, around the country Uh, and interestingly and I think this is a really key thing and I think you know everybody needs to sort of take note of it and bear in mind and it should do away with any complacency about this being something that quote-unquote only affects older people um, or the already vulnerable which is that two-thirds of cases were among people aged under 55 with almost one in four 35 to 55 and there were four cases among children age age five to 14. So that's something to bear in mind, I think, with people, you know, as they're kind of running out of patience towards the end of this week and, and maybe thinking of relaxing the rules on play dates and that kind of thing. Um, and Dublin had the highest number of cases with 129. There were 40 or 48 cases currently in Cork and Limerick has 14. I was really surprised about the children one because I've been busily telling my kids, don't worry, no, children don't get it, which I'm going to probably keep telling them because one of them is particularly anxious. 
but that that surprised me. It is surprising. Now, I think we've known all along that children probably could get it, but would get a very mild case of it. And obviously, we don't have any information on, on, on that. But I think it's safe to assume that probably the, these are mild cases. Uh, there was one baby even included in the figures. Generally speaking, I think when children get it, it's a fever and probably cold symptoms, the kind of thing that, that the kids would get several times a year um, and, and wouldn't know. So I suppose the, the thing to bear in mind with children still is really don't panic about them. Um, but they are, as we keep being told, they're vectors. So they are little petri dishes of biohazards and uh, don't bring them near granny isn't the language just um, the language that's falling from our lips so easily now is just incredible from cocooning to vectors to you know the social distancing and actually I wanted to talk to you about social distancing because we've both been writing about it and you have um, got some good advice I think and some facts around what exactly we should be doing and shouldn't be doing because I think there's a lot of confusion about it. Yeah the National Parks and Wildlife Service issued a warning yesterday that people weren't following social distancing guidelines when they were out in public parks so that led me to kind of wonder well how do social distancing guidelines apply when you're when you're outside in the fresh air like do you have to climb into a ditch to avoid somebody if you see them coming towards you <laughs> you know if you see your neighbor from across the street barreling towards you on a forest path do you need to like jump behind a tree and pretend you haven't seen them so I wanted to get to the bottom of the advice out there and I, there's a lot of like kind of confusing advice but I think the thing to remember is that when we use the phrase social distancing really what we're talking about is spatial distancing and I think that's probably a better way of describing it So what you're trying to do is keep a distance of two metres, which is about 6.5 feet uh, between yourself and other people. Now, I don't know about you, Roisin, I am I'm terrible at um, all kinds of spatial awareness, so I can't really (laughs) visualise two metres. So what I actually did yesterday was I got the measuring tape out in the kitchen and I stretched it out two metres across the floor and I got my husband to stand at one end and I stood at the other end and we both stretched out our arms to see, you know, can you touch somebody if you're two metres apart from them? And the answer is no. Um, so for right. like an average height person, which I am, it's about three arm lengths and then a little bit. Uh, so if you're out and about walking with somebody, you need to make sure that you are passing roughly about three arm lengths away from them. Um, and that means that if you decide to go for a walk with somebody, particularly if it's somebody that you don't live with. And I think a lot of us are are kind of wondering whether this is a safe thing to do. Um, the advice is kind of mixed out there, but I think you can go for a walk with one friend if you go somewhere where you can stay roughly three arm lengths away from them, which I have to say is not very conducive to kind of a gossip um, or a serious offload of all the stress that we've built up at home. You know, if you want to go in, which I love to do with my friends is meet up and go for a walk and just kind of dump all my problems on them and then go home again. You could do that, uh, but I'd recommend you go somewhere remote where nobody will overhear you because you're not going to be within kind of whispering or discreet talking distance. That's interesting because I would have just thought, well, no, that's out meeting someone for a walk. But I suppose, you see, the thing is, it's the temptation, isn't it? Because once you're there and they're there, um, you know, you can kind of forget yourself and maybe go a bit too close. And so in a way, I think it, some, for some people, it might be just easier just to say, no, I'm not doing that because it's just too potentially yeah dangerous you know? I, I think so and I mean I haven't done it myself so far I've been out walking every day but generally speaking uh, with my own husband and, and with the kids because we're all living in the same house anyway but I think the reality is that we're sort of weighing up calculated risks all the time and um, and we're in this for the long haul the realisation I think is dawning on all of us this week that we're not talking about two weeks we're not even talking about six weeks we're probably talking about a few months um, and I think over that period 
people are probably going to become very frustrated. People are going to be very stressed. And you might need to just get out of the house with somebody who's not the person. Particularly, I think it's a really hard time to be an extrovert. Not to make this all about me or you, Roisin, but I think it is a hard time to be the kind of person who draws energy from being with other people. It's quite hard being stuck here in the spare room cupboard or what used to be the spare room cupboard uh, for very long days with no one to talk to. So I think, you know, as time goes on, it's going to become something that more of us want to do. So I think if people are going to go for a walk with a friend, um, you know, bear in mind that, yes, you're inviting a little degree of risk into your home. But if you're going to do it, make sure you wash your hands before you go out. Make sure you wash your hands when you come back and do try to stay two metres apart from them, which is three arm length. Now, the, uh, the National Parks and Wildlife Service does say small walking groups with a distance of approximately two metres between. Um, can you meet up with a large group of friends or another family and go for a walk? The answer to that, I think, is more clear cut. No, you can't. Okay, well, we before it all got really serious, well, just when it was getting serious, I went out with like five members of my family out to the South Wall in Dublin. We walked to the Poolbeg Lighthouse and I mean, we, we posted a picture on our family WhatsApp and my mother got very annoyed with me saying, oh. you're going against the guidelines, so I won't be trying that again. <laughs> but the other thing is, Jennifer, have you been finding, because I've been having a lot of, I mean, I've learned a lot about technology this week. I've been on Zoom, I've been on uh, a thing called Hangout. I've been on mm-hmm. a thing called Blue Jean. I was invited to a virtual birthday party yesterday where everyone was invited to wear a funny hat. And uh, My children made a Corona-themed party hat, which was a bit incongruous. But anyway. Um, Amazing. And, and sort of we're all kind of doing that socialising as well. And I think that that is where you can offload and you can gossip and you can have a bit of crack that kind of relieves the tension because there's an overwhelming feeling of just sort of a bit of sadness and exhaustion and... You know, all that kind of stuff. So we do need to be able to offload and just to have non-corona chats as well Absolutely. And, and technology is really helping us yeah there's brilliant technology out there actually my youngest brother has set up a, a google hangouts meeting for 6 30 on friday night and we're all going to have a pint all the siblings are going to meet and have a drink in my case it'll be a large gin and tonic um in front of our laptops and, and catch up that way so i do think so yesterday i was working upstairs and i heard what i realized i hadn't heard in about a week which was my five-year-old's absolutely raucous laughter uh, so i went downstairs <laughs> to see what was making her laugh and her older sibling had set her up on a video play date with her best friend from school and they were just having the crack so I think we, we can be really innovative and we can still mix with other people but we just have to find ways of doing it where we're not in the same company as them or we're not physically in their company but we can still be together yeah and I have to say and I'll be, we're going to be um, making a homeschooling special because I think a lot of parents are struggling with that at the moment um, I'm going to be interviewing my two daughters about how they're getting on and I'm sure I'm going to come out very badly from it but anyway <laughs> um, they, they're on all their WhatsApp groups with people and, and doing their homework that way and it's it's been absolutely brilliant but yeah I totally agree when you hear them laughing and having the crack with their friends it does feel like okay we're going to get back to normal at least they're not having you know at least they're still fun for them and despite everything um, I think that's really important I think the thing to remember is just the kids are really adaptable you know this is hard I think on us and we're looking at them thinking God are you know are we are we teaching them to be kind of people who are going to be afraid of the world and are they going or maybe that's just me I'd like to catastrophize but I'm imagining that like when we come out the other side of this if it is some months what's my five-year-old going to be like like how's she going to feel about going back to school and everything but I think kids adapt to the most incredible circumstances and they've adapted all over the world to really really tough times and really hard circumstances you know in, in their family lives and, and in their society so I, I do think they're going to be absolutely fine it, it, it's hard watching them but I think we'll, we'll all get there and we'll come out the other side of it um, and hopefully we'll come out the other side of it with a higher value on our relationships with each other and, and with our kids and with the people that are closest to us 
I totally agree. I had the best time with my neighbours on uh, Patrick's Day where we all got out in the road singing all the Irish songs. And at one point we were singing Whiskey in the Jar and this really this lovely older woman came to the door with a bottle of whiskey and everyone from a so- safe social distance using their disinfectant like got a little <laughs> uh, little nub of whiskey. And it was just lovely, you know, and we've got a WhatsApp groups for our streets now, like, and we're talking to our neighbours in it in a lovely way. So there are very nice things coming of it, even though it's a very worrying time. Jennifer, I just want to ask you finally about this <laughs> celebrity getting of involved singing. in trying to <laughs> speaking of singing. Oh my god! When I saw it this morning, I was just appalled. Mm. There is a celebrity video doing the rounds of all these celebrities singing a line from Imagine, and I think it's supposed to give us a lift. No hell below us. Above us only sky Imagine all the people Living for But in fact, it is so wogeous and cringeworthy that it's doing the opposite. But I suppose at the end, at the same time, it's entertainment. Have you watched the Imagine Celebrity video? I have. I mean, there's enough misery out there in the world at the moment, I think, without us <laughs> even drawing people's attention to this. But it, it's awful. It features Natalie Portman, our own Chris O'Dowd and Donna Porter, of whom I'm generally speaking a huge fan. Uh, Jamie Dornan is on there, Mark Ruffalo, Amy Adams, um, and they're singing Imagine. Uh, and I think the best way to describe it to somebody who hasn't seen it uh, is probably, you know, in like Britain's Got Talent or one of those shows where they do a mashup of all the people who didn't make it past the first round of auditions. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Um, Zoe Kravitz, I think, deserves particular mention because she sort of sings in it like she's got a newborn baby fast asleep beside her and she's trying not to wake them. It's like the most unenthusiastic I, performance I've pretty much ever seen. So it, it's That is awful. true. I think you can tell which ones have been strong armed into it, who aren't really feeling it and the ones who really <laughs> think it's the best best idea ever so from that anthropological point of view it's quite interesting to watch do you know what I didn't get as far as Chris O'Dowd and Dawn Porter I'm I'm, I'm very I'm very fond of those two so In I feel fairness, bad now um, yeah for... no and they do give it well Chris and Dawn are, are a high point uh, I'm still a little bit embarrassed oh, for them that they took part but they are a high point in it but uh, yeah I thought there was a funny comment on Twitter imagine being patronised by a pack of self-regarding millionaires it's easy if you try and it does feel a little bit like that but uh, look the... the other one I saw I just saw someone's saying this is the worst thing that's come out of this virus Um, anyway we have to keep laughing and gallows humor and all that kind of thing is really important i know it is on the whatsapp groups that i'm part of some of the things are just we, we just have to keep laughing because we have to um we can't kind of sort of accept this really as normality even though it is our normality for quite a while we have to keep laughing and having fun um and thank you very much for coming on and talking to us and we'll come back to you again i'm sure in your cupboard uh, over the next while yeah i'll take be care here of yourself. going nowhere anytime soon talk to you soon Roisin. <laughs> Talk to you, bye. Thanks, Jennifer. Each episode, we're going to have a chat with an older woman about how they're coping with this strange new reality. We're hoping these chats will help us all in terms of our own older loved ones that I know you're all very worried about. I'm thinking about my own mum. And I think these chats will also give some inspiration for things that they can do, especially as we get closer to the cocooning phase. What a strange word. Leo Varadkar said it on the telly the other night and actually got a bit teary-eyed. I was going to actually suggest to my mother to watch Cocoon the movie, but I don't know how that will go down, so I might leave that until we're we're through the worst of it. Uh, But in this episode, I spoke to a wonderful woman called MJ O'Brien, who lives in the city centre in Dublin. Here she is. 
MJ, thank you very much for coming on to speak to the Women's Podcast. Would you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and about your own situation now? Okay, so I um, I live in Dublin. I'm, I'm a city rat. I live right in the city centre. And uh, I'm 71. Um, and you probably can tell by my accent that I've been out of Ireland. I grew up here in Dublin and I lived in America for 43 years and I returned three years ago. Yes. And when you say you're a city rat, you're right near Connolly Station in an apartment. Is that right? I am. My back garden is the inner dock. Oh, lovely. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so I pretend I'm on the Mediterranean. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all doing a lot of pretending these days, MJ. <laughs> Yes, yes. I've taken the cobwebs off the imagination. Excellent. Right. Well, listen, we're going to be bringing people um, chats with older women on the podcast every so often, because I think in some ways, uh, without wishing to catastrophize, my heart is going out mostly to older people and also to the health service workers as well, obviously. But um, I just wanted to kind of talk to people about how you're finding this very strange time this Corona Ireland time. Um, so can you give us a bit of an insight into how you're coping? Because you're on your own there and you have been for a week now. Yes, yes, I have been. Um, I oh, So I've decided that uh, I have to have a purpose in my day because um, I usually advance in my pants and so I'm on the go. <laughs> um, so... so so I think to maintain whatever little bit of sanity I do have left at this stage, I um, must have a purpose. And so I try to plan different things to do. Um, you know, I, I will now until they stop me, um, I will go out for a walk each day. Um, I just don't, you know, I don't go in anywhere. Or I don't touch anyone. I just smile and uh, get about my business and try to get my 10,000 steps in. It's inbred in me to be quiet at night. So I, um, and I have no problem uh, being a night owl. And so I'm sort of alternating between late night reading and whatever, and then getting up a little bit later in the morning than I normally would, because it seems to shorten the day for me. Um, and um, I've uh, started journaling, so <laughs> I can do that. Then yesterday I joined uh, Chris Kime uh, dance class uh, with Philippa. She has started streaming her Wednesday dance class that she does for elderly folk on a weekly basis. And um, while well, I have two left feet and I'm stone, stone deaf, <laughs> I uh, I actually enjoyed it. Um, there was no stress to it at all, probably because I wasn't worried about anybody noticing that I couldn't keep up at time <laughs> or, or that I was doing it uh, in total reverse. MJ, you know what they say, dance like nobody's watching. That's what you're doing, isn't it? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I thought about that, actually. I used to have that. Um, and I thought about I thought about that. Yeah, no, and it was actually, and I ended up laughing at myself. Um, so, and you have to laugh. That is one thing. And even if if I, it's just to call my sister and be stupid with her, just to get a laugh in. 
um, then that's that's what I do. Yeah. And how are you coping with supplies and with your meals and, and stuff like that? Well, I order from Tesco or Super Value. Tesco now is brilliant because it uh, delivers free for folk of my age. Um, and uh, the drivers are absolutely fabulous and they do anything you tell them to do. So you can just put a bag outside your door and let them drop the groceries into the bag or a box. Or I put my little shopping trolley out. You <laughs> mm. can drop my stuff in there and then I, I bring it in. You can leave a little tip on the carpet uh, or, you know, some people live in houses so they can do. I live in an apartment, so um, it's it's just a no brainer. And to be honest with you, Rogine, I would um, have Tesco deliver my heavy stuff anyway to me even before this happened. Yeah. Um, how is your mental health? Now, I, you know, um, there are people who know me would give you various different answers on that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm st- I think I'm still pretty normal. Um, I actually like my own company, so I'm, I'm pretty fortunate in that. Um, I love to read. And I'll tell you, I've made friends with podcasts as well. And, well, that is and, very good. We like to hear that, MJ. Yeah, yeah, no, I have. <laughs> I've made friends with podcasts. And listen, Rosina, I've even made friends with earphones. Uh, so every once in a while, because I vary up my walks, like I won't do the same walk. I'll vary them up, um, do different things. But uh, some of them are a bit boring. And so I put in the earphones and I'll either listen to a book audible or a podcast or whatever. And I'm telling you, you can walk for ages and not even realize it. And tell me, what what podcast would you recommend? Obviously, the women's podcast would be your first recommendation. But apart from this one. I'm a little bit boring now in that area. I love poetry (laughs) unbound. Um, Yeah, I like to listen to poetry. I know that sounds awful, but... uh, I think it's just what we need at the moment. You know, we're running a pandemic poetry thing at the moment uh, on the podcast. We're getting people to send in their pandemic poems. So I don't think that's boring at all. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's great. And I belong to to, to a writing group who's keeping in touch through email. And people are posting different things on there, which are fun. Um, I'm not a I I wouldn't be very good at writing poetry, but I love to read poetry, and um, I'll and I'll read it out loud and entertain myself. Have you MJ just on the poetry? Is there any particular poem you've come across that you found soothing at the moment? There was a poem the other day written by um, um, uh, he's a he's a monk, I believe. Um, and he wrote a poem about his two cents worth, and it was called Lock, Lockdown. And, okay. and it was it was such a hopeful poem um, about um, how th- this too shall pass. And um, and I thought it I, I thought it was lovely. Actually, I shared it with a lot of people. Um, so, yeah, I think I think poetry is very personal. Uh, you have to find those poems that 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 talk to you. 
some, some poems go right over the top of my head. I do not understand them, but that's okay. Um, tell me, are you worried or concerned at this stage about anything or what are your fears? Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm worried that as it drags on, that um, my imagination might run out of ideas, but, but I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm living by the adage, don't trouble trouble till trouble troubles you. So um, I, I think I'm more worried about not getting exercise and that my bones and I, you know, that, that my bones will get weak and uh, frailer than they already are. So that would be my biggest concern. Oh, and that I'd get fat. Oh, or fatter, could I say, if I'm really honest. <laughs> it's not the worst thing in the world, speaking as someone who has quite a bit of weight on it. Be, if that's the worst that happens, you'll, you'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, but those are... I'm I'm not I you know I've pretty much decided that I'm not going to catch this thing because I'm going to behave myself and I'm going to do exactly for the first time in my life I am going to do exactly what I'm told. That is amazing. So that wouldn't be something you'd normally be doing following no, the rules. Not, not at all, Rosine. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I like to be doing what I'm told. You've been really actually uplifting to, to listen to so far, MJ, and I don't want to bring down the tone, but are you looking across at the place you've lived in for 43 years, America, and what are you thinking at the moment? Well, I do. I do because, you know, I talk to my, my grandbabies um, on, a, on a daily basis. And yeah, I'm very concerned about what's going on over there. Um, I don't think I should have left. I'd put manners on that fellow. Um, but it's, it's very frightening. Um, it's very frightening what's going on just over the pond in England. Um, and I, the, you know, the two of them are, 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 are just, as far as I'm concerned, they're totally, um, out of sync. They're not dealing with reality. They're so ego driven that they're downrightly dangerous as as well as some other people around the world but um i'm very concerned and i'm very very concerned for the younger generation and what this all of this is going to cost them no it's very worrying but i have to say apart from all those uh global kind of issues we're all in, uh, in our own little pods aren't we trying to do what's right for everybody else and there is a sense do you get that sense of community even though we're all apart Yes, absolutely. In fact, just before you called, my intercom rang and I thought, OK, now who's that? <laughs> and I thought, oh, Roisin has decided to come come and visit me rather than phone me. Uh, you know, and the fingers through the hairs and everything else. And so I go over, pick it up and it's the caretaker of my property. Um, right. Asking me if he can get me anything at the shops. Well, that's lovely. Isn't that lovely? Now, and he did this also last week. And I I just, I mean, you know, he's just gorgeous. And I think small little gestures like that, uh, you know, calling somebody and just saying, how are you? You know, um, and, and whatever is so, so important. And I so appreciate the people. Your mom calls me. And <laughs> uh, it, it's lovely to to hear to hear a voice 
Yeah. And I can all do that. That's easy. I mean, we may not all be on WhatsApp and we may not all be computer literate and whatever, but we certainly, most of us know how to dial the phone. That is a really good piece of advice for everyone. And I think you're right, because sometimes we get a bit too wrapped up in technology and think that's the way. But we just have the phone call. Hearing someone's voice can make such a difference to a person's day. Um, I, I'm actually putting together a list of people that I need to keep checking in on because you kind of forget and then you rotate them to make sure you're getting them regularly. Yes, yes. And and um no, we, 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 we do need to keep in touch with each other. And it's not just the elderly, it's the young as well. Um, I mean, their lives have been curtailed. You know, I mean, I, I, I know what it is to be, you know, from different periods in my life of being alone. Um, young people, my God, I just think about them all the time and how curtailing this is for them. So, you know, if there's a young person, you know, out there, call them too. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking myself recently um, about, you know, imagine if you were just in the beginning of a relationship, maybe you've kissed somebody once or whatever, and you're kind of really fancying them. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's curtailed and stopped in the middle of it and you can't see them. Yes, exactly. Fortunately, I wasn't in that position or I'd be crawling the walls. Um, (laughs) I think, honestly, I'd be disobeying. But anyway, wouldn't it be awful, though, if you were willing to disobey and he was strictly by rules? (laughs) That would be terrible. (laughs) Then you'd end the relationship very quickly. Well, I think you'd find a lot out about people, wouldn't you, in this time? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, you'd find, yes, you'd find out very quickly. Yeah. It's a time to exercise patience. I think you're right. Um. Who are some of the other people you're thinking about? Because I really like that idea um, of thinking about others because we are I'm thinking about a lot of older people, but you're saying older people should think about other people, too. Yes. I Yeah. I mean, gosh, think, you know, I think about my grandchildren who are always on the go and even younger than that, even little tykes. You know, their whole, you know, young children need routine and their whole routine has been disrupted by this. Um, and, you know, it's it's got to be unbelievably difficult for them. I think of, you know, first time mums and not even first time mums, any pregnant mum who has to, to make their visit to to the hospital for a scan or whatever without their partner um, it's got to be so, so, you know, I, I, I would, it would be so upsetting to me. I would be in tears. Um, I think it's important that we remember that young people also are, are having to make adjustments and they're also making sacrifices because hopefully their, their uncomfortableness is out of a sense of responsibility towards those of us who are older and more vulnerable. So so we have to celebrate them as well. I really think it is. And, and you're right. We really do need to give younger people credit as well um, for everything that they're doing. And it's all about keeping everybody safe. MJ, it's been lovely. It's, it's... And I also think, Roisin, that if you know somebody on the front lines, uh, the, a police officer, a medic, um, you know, a volunteer, anyone, if you know, know, make a point of calling them and saying thank you. Yeah. Um, thank I, you is such an imp- 
important thing, like uh, Eckhart, Me uh, Meister Eckhart said, if you only say thank you, it is enough. So I think it's and just important that we're grateful. Well, can I say thank you to you? <laughs> you yes. <laughs> and, and thank you for allowing me to get up on my soapbox. Well, good. No problem. I hope it's uh, shortened your day a tiny bit anyway, giving you something to distract yourself with. When you're out for your walk, maybe later on, you can listen to yourself on the podcast. That will be an interesting experience. Yes, it will. And everybody will think <laughs> nuts as I'm roaring laughing. <laughs> all right. Thank, thank you, MJ. Not at all. Thank you, Roisin. You have a wonderful, wonderful day. And be gentle with yourselves. Isn't MJ brilliant? I absolutely loved talking to her. The Irish Times Women's Podcast is brought to you by Green and Black's Velvet Edition. Sumptuously smooth, dark chocolate. Now, our next guest is helping to spread joy to those in lockdown in Italy through her online fitness classes, Watermelon Fitness. Romana Testaseca is half Irish, half Italian. And after flying home to visit her family in Rome, she's no longer able to return to her second home in Dublin until the lockdown is lifted. Romana told me all about life in Italy at the moment, how her family are doing. And she also gave a bit of hope for us all in Ireland because we're a bit behind Italy in terms of this pandemic and lockdown life. So she's quite positive in terms of the fact that we did things quite early in this country. I think you're going to enjoy this chat. I began by asking Romana, what was the beginning of it for her and for the people in Italy? So I came back to Rome uh, because I was due to do a meditation retreat on the 25th of March that would have lasted until the 5th of April. I was going to see my family and I was in America. And when I arrived back, obviously uh, the news had started about COVID-19 um, and I was traveling back and I already saw, I, I had quite a long journey back to Italy. Uh, and even in airports, I was noticing a lot of people were wearing masks and people were starting to get worried on social media, uh, in the news. And when I got here, the situation was quite strange up north. It was very, very serious already up north, but it hadn't quite hit Rome yet. So um, we were supposed to do a half marathon on the 8th. We didn't know whether it would be cancelled. Uh, and certain jobs that my family were in who were supposed to come over for the half marathon um, were telling them not to travel, including my brother and my uncle. They were told by their companies. So we were all starting to chat about this, but we weren't super concerned in the sense that we thought it would go ahead. Everything was going to be solved soon, um, but things started to escalate quite quickly. Um, so things started to get cancelled. People didn't come. Some of my cousins came anyway, but it was a very, very strange time because people were staying at home, even though the government hadn't fully enforced the stay at home campaign. Uh, so it was quite a strange time and it escalated, as I said, quite fast. And now, obviously, we're in a situation where there's uh, currently people who are testing positive to the virus in Italy alone are 28,710 people. And there's been um, 2,978 deaths in Italy alone. And yesterday we witnessed the worst day uh, since the beginning of the outbreak in one day, 475 deaths yesterday in one day. So it's very, 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 very high, even though um, we are 
totally on lockdown. Everything is closed. We cannot leave our house unless we are going to buy food, medicine or in an emergency. Jesus. Romana, you know that those awful high numbers of, of deaths, are they all among the older age bracket? They're among the older age bracket mostly, but they're now saying that people who are in their 40s and 50s are also um, undergoing treatment at risk. risk, Yes. And there was a guy I heard who was 18 up north as well who had it. So it seems to be hitting everybody. Um, And some people, obviously people who are immunodeficient uh, are more prone to um, more serious consequences to the virus. Some people actually don't develop huge symptoms. So that can be even more of an issue because they might have affected a whole load of other people um, because they didn't think that they were, um, they thought they were basically healthy. So, and this was before, this was before the lockdown because obviously people aren't mixing anymore, but um now they're saying surfaces are a big issue as well so in supermarkets we get given gloves to touch all the different products that we're purchasing um so that it's not at risk because it does stay and then there's different hours that the uh, virus stays on different surfaces so um it goes it stays say on i think it's on plastic 48 hours it stays so if someone touches that and the virus is on the the surface then you get the, the virus essentially. Tell me about your own situation there, your living situation. You're in an apartment block. Yes, uh, we're in an apartment block. Who's there? So in my house, uh, so in the apartment at the moment, we have my mom, uh, myself, my sister, and my foster brother, Hisham. Okay. My brother is in Dublin at the moment, um, and the rest of my family are in Dublin, and my father uh, is living with my granny at the moment. And obviously, we haven't seen our granny since since I arrived, since the start of the month, because we obviously don't didn't want to put her at risk even before all of this happened, before we were on lockdown. Is your dad with your granny in Rome? Yes, in Rome. So how are you? Uh, it's four of you there in the two-bedroom apartment, is that right? Yes, it's the four of us. How are you getting on uh, with each other and how, how are you coping from day to day routine? Because you're not you said you're not allowed out unless it's an emergency and you have to get some supplies or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. So, well, we're coping very well in the sense that we're supporting each other, um, making dinner, taking it in turns to do our you know chores like washing dishes. Um, but one of the main things that has really helped us and um, I'm getting messages from people, uh, very dear friends of mine and people that I don't know even uh, through my I opened a new fitness page in December last year. And it was growing steadily um, and I was really enjoying it. I was trying to post a video, a fitness video a day in the gym, wherever I was, my workout. And one of Palma's friends said, um, we should do a workout together via Skype or WhatsApp call. And then I said, well, why don't we do a live video on Watermelon Fitness? So if people want to join, they can do the workout with us. Uh, so it started off that we did one one day and then people really enjoyed it and joined in. So I decided to actually make it a daily thing. So every day now at 10.30 Italian time and 4.30 Italian time in the afternoon, we do a morning stretch 
And then we do in the afternoon a workout that's a little bit sweatier because I figured, you know, we're not walking as much. We're not able to go for our runs or whatever activity we do. Like you might do 10,000 steps a day if you were, you know, in your daily life. But now we're doing so much less. We're moving way less because we're in our house. So people have really responded well to it. And I'm, and, and it's not just it's, it's incredible for our family alone because we all have that time and it structures our day. It breaks up our day and we go up and we get organized and it boosts us and it gives us energy to connect with people all over the world. So more and more people are joining me and our family. And it is really one of the highlights of our days, I have to say. And why is it called Watermelon Fitness? Because I I love watermelon and people <laughs> I became very kind of associated with them because uh, I loved them so much and people started tagging me in watermelon videos and watermelon sending me watermelon clothing and objects and giving me presents of watermelon things so it became this big joke I was like the watermelon lady and I figured it's so healthy and it's full of minerals and vitamins and I wanted to associate it with my fitness page essentially because I thought it, it, um, it was a good symbol tell me about your rooftop so do you have to make sure that there's nobody else there when you're doing this or how does it work so we have neighbors who come up with their children as well at certain times but they kind of watch from the sidelines uh, and they, they're very far from us uh, and then there's another neighbor who works out um, and he kind of does it at, in his own time with his equipment. Uh, so all of our workouts are no equipment just to make sure the people at home, you know, they're not like, oh, I don't have that band or I don't have that dumbbell. Um, so we, we just make sure that we're far apart um, from whomever is up there with us. Uh, but most of the time it's just us four. And where can people access it? So they can go on Instagram and um, usually you're notified if you're actually on Instagram that there's a live video happening. But if not, you just go onto the stories icon. So my fitness page is called watermelon underscore fitness one. And we have some more Irish people joining these last few days, my Irish friends, because obviously Ireland is taking extreme measures following Italy now as well, which is great. So people are at home more and are kind of facing it. And we, we're we a little bit more advanced in our lockdown that we can kind of say, you know, it'll, it's going to be OK. Just stay busy, stay active. Um, don't give in to despair because there is hope. And if we if we just connect with each other and support each other I believe that we can get through it together I know that it's great to have that positive message Romana but I suppose can you talk to us about the dark times because you mentioned despair there and I can't imagine what it must be like we we have I think we've three deaths so far um and you know we know that number is going to go up but with with the numbers where you are it must be quite dark sometimes Mm -hmm. it's heartbreaking it's absolutely heartbreaking to know that it is so out of our control and there is very little we can do apart from stay at home uh, to try and save lives. And what we're doing is, is so easy. I mean, it is so easy to stay at home. We're not on the front line like our nurses, our doctors, even the people who are cleaning the streets, like everyone who's working still, who has to go to work, um, who is terrified because my, my dad is still working and he works in the Vatican and. Um, and he is going around the Vatican all day. He works in the kind of making sure the health and safety requirements in the Vatican are met. So he's on the front line of that and he's having to calm everybody down and and he's dealing with it very, very well. But it is when you stop and you actually look at the numbers and you're hearing the numbers constantly on the news, 
it is very, very hard not to get um, bogged down by it and upset and, and, you know, so, so worried about your loved ones, um, but also all the people who are currently in pain and losing loved ones and dying. It's, it is just heartbreaking, you know, um, your your mum's Irish and she works as a tour guide in Rome and obviously she's not working because there's no tourists. Um, mm-hmm. Is that really is that really weird for you all looking out and just seeing these empty streets and empty tourist sites that are always? I mean, Rome is notoriously packed, isn't it? It is so strange, Roisin. I went and I went to throw out the rubbish the other day around the corner, and the city was just there was a stillness. It was so eerie and. It was like the apocalypse had hit. It, w- it was like being in a post-apocalyptic film of zombies or something. It was just completely empty, not a bar open. Um, you know, where the area we live in is very much in the centre of Rome and it's bustling with people at all hours of the day and night. Um, so to see it so empty is, is absolutely, uh, it seems like a bad dream, you know, it's just... Um, very, very odd to see it. And obviously worrying for the economy because when uh, when we recover from all this, and hopefully we will recover very soon, um, there will be a lot of um, economic debt. And, you know, it's going to be very, very hard to come out of such a kind of dark situation. But as um, Conte has said, like, um you know, the political side of things and and the economic side of things is not as important um, as the health of human beings, you know. So I, I, we're, we're basically putting everything else on, you know, stopping everything else to make sure that people have the best chance of surviving this. So it is important that we value what's truly, truly important in life, which is health and safety of human beings, essentially. And the fact that Italy is closing its borders and going on lockdown is helping not only the spread in Italy, but the spread to other countries. And and I think it is a huge responsibility uh, for us all to respect the norms and respect these measures um, and stay at home as much as we can. Yeah, like yeah. like you said, you're you're a bit further on uh, with it than we are. I mean, we're we're still very much in that kind of. I think there's still quite a bit of shock. I'm getting. I mean, I was in the shops yesterday, and I, you know, in this in the chemist, and only two people could go in at a time, and you could only spend ten minutes in there, and it's still quite weird. You know, it feels mm-hmm. like a war situation or or something like that. But are you saying you kind of get used to that? Have you kind of got used to it now a bit? <laughs> You actually do get used to it when you, as I said, when you stop and think about it a lot, it's it's very depressing. But if you pull yourself out of it and say, well, what can I do right now in this moment to not give in to that desperation? It's just about, okay, accept where we are right now, accept that this is a moment in time and hopefully it will pass. Um, If we keep the faith in that, if we keep the faith in each other and the support in each other, um, you will, yes, you will. I mean, humans have adapted to so many situations. We've been through all sorts, you know, and and you will get used to it. I promise you, you will. And and you will be at home and it'll seem like a Sunday at home every day. (laughs) But you will... And the day will pass. The day will pass. You know, you're busy. You get things done. You make the lunch. You make you tidy up. You make the dinner. Yeah. You're you're doing your workout. You're doing your reading. And and there is positive sides as well. I mean, 
I heard this Italian comedian talking about it and she was talking about how we can now hear birds again and and it's not the city and the, the country isn't as polluted and um, we're taking time to do things and go inward uh, and explore ourselves more and see what's there and we get the chance to read things that we haven't got a chance to read or uh, watch a film that we always wanted to watch. There's a lot we can do and, and send support to the people that we love because uh, I feel oh. like that's really important and we're lucky that we have technology and that we can talk to people. I'm talking to you right now and we can share our experiences. Um, yeah. One of the things I have to mention because it gave us all a lift uh, in the first few days but when we saw all the Italians singing to each other across the yeah. apartment, the balconies. Have you yes. have you been involved in any of that sort of thing? We have done that. Yes, we have. <laughs> Sometimes after the workout, we we blast the music and we have. A, so the workout is live on Instagram, but it's we've also got uh, our neighbours. One of my best friends from basically going back like twenty years lives just across from our rooftop. So she goes up and is there for every workout. My friend Elena Aww. and uh, my friend Clarissa, and then their mother and father, and, and so they're all on the roof. So we're basically being fueled by their energy across the way we were all singing together just the other day uh, and there's some songs that really come in like the words the lyrics of the songs are just so um so applicable to a situation like this so I mean I think things like art are one of the best things are one of the best antidotes to um art for different art forms can be the best antidote to despair I believe yeah what songs are you finding are, are good at the moment is there any ones in particular that uh there's a great artist, an Italian artist who is um, called Mannarino, and some of his lyrics are just amazing. Um, you know, he he's just it's very uplifting because he says things like, you know, we're we're living in, you know, we don't know what's coming, but we can stay close to each other and um, the mystery of life, you know. So there's some lovely, lovely songs. That you can, I mean, there's so many things that you can find solace in, and um, you can feel less alone when you listen to a song or watch a film. Um, some people are saying to read, you know, the plague, that the book about the plague, but I'm like, I think that's too close to the bone. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> but how are you managing? Um, well, um, I've, I'm sitting here in my bedroom with the, sort of my microphones and the laptop. Um, and I've got two two kids who are ten, so we're so they're they're homeschooling themselves downstairs. I mean, I, I'm I'm kind of, you know, you talked about adaptability. I'm really proud of them, and this has been a massive change in their lives. But they're just really getting on with it and doing what they can. And of course, we're having the odd row, and you know, the tensions sometimes get a bit high. But mm-hmm. but you know, we're all realizing that we're all in this together, and we have to kind of think outside ourselves. And this is not about us. So I think there's massive lessons for younger people in this that I hope will stay stay with them for the rest of their lives. I think, I think. you're so right, Roisin. I think that is so true about the the fact that we're all in this together. Like we're all in the same boat. It, there's no one who's better off than someone else. We're all if we act together as as a united world and in taking the the appropriate measures and the safest measures possible, we will get through it. And I think you're right about us. Um, you know, we can we can find solace in that, and we can find lessons. And that's so amazing about your daughters, coping <laughs> themselves. Yeah, I, I just was. I don't have time because I'm working. <laughs> but, of course, but the thing you're is, so you know, busy. I'm, are you, 
are you finding it yourself a bit more sensitive? Because like I was out yesterday and I had to go and get some things. Like I said, it was in the pharmacy, just silly things like chapsticks for my daughter's lips because they're quite dry. And I looked across the park and there was all these, I mean, such an amount of beautiful daffodils, right? And I just, I got really emotional just looking over at them. It was something about the contrast between what's going on and beautiful things is yes. kind of, uh, is really moving me at the moment. Just nature yes. happening anyway, do you know? That's beautiful. I, I saw a girl I know post about uh, the Atlantic Sea and she was like, oh, I just checked in to the Atlantic. It's doing really well. And I was like, that is just so beautiful. It's so true. Like everything will keep going. You know, once we're gone, we come and we go. But the world is still beautiful and it's still doing its thing. The sun comes up every day, goes down every day. And and, and I think it, it, we can find real comfort and real uh, we can get grounded and, and present when we appreciate those moments and embrace the moments where we feel sad uh, and embrace the moments where we feel moved by nature and art, because that's what being alive is all about. Yeah, it's been really lovely talking to you. Actually, I'm having a little cry to myself here. I've been having a few little cries every now and again. <laughs> I'm you a really big hug and you know you it's so amazing to to have time and cherish time with our family that we don't see as often as we'd like because we're off working yeah. and going to do things so I, of course there's going to be rows of course there's going to be tension but to just remember to be kind and more patient even more patient than usual with with each other I think that's the only thing I can say that like if yeah, you're feeling yeah. a bit uh, annoyed or angry just go and take some space for yourself and I think I, I miss my mom as well. My mom's in lives with my sister, and you know we've we're going to go down and see her and stand outside the window and wave every other day. Aww. But it's just I just I'm worried about this cocooning phase. You know that um, Leo Radker is talking about. It might have already happened in Italy, where they just tell the older people not to go out at all. You know, because yes. she at least gets out for her walk down the canal once a day, but soon she might not be able to do that. You know. Yeah. I think that's yeah. going to be very hard. Well, I'm hoping that Ireland, because you guys have taken these extreme measures uh, earlier and you're learning from everything that's happening here, um, I think that maybe it won't be as bad there. I'm really, really hoping that it won't because it's escalated so far here that so many people have sacrificed their lives and it, and it is just, um, yeah, it's very, very hard to make sense of it. So hopefully in Ireland, it, it just won't be as bad. So I'm I'm hoping for you all over there that that if you stay safe and stay at home that it won't it won't escalate too far okay well listen i'm definitely going to check back in with you and i hope everyone can go and check out uh watermelon fitness from your rooftop and um, it, it sounds like a kind of thing to do to keep the spirits up uh, a couple of appointments that people can make for their day that they know will be healthy and happy and um thanks a million for talking to us and take Thank care you of yourself. Thank you so much, Roisin. Well. Sending you a big Thank hug. You. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye, Romana. Bye. Thank you. Bye. And that's it for today. Thanks very much to our guests, Jennifer O'Connell, Romana Testaseca, and the great MJ O'Brien. Remember, you can subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Spotify, Acast, and all good podcast apps. And please tell your friends because we're going to be doing two episodes a week and we really want uh, you to all listen because I'm hoping that we're going to be doing some good public service broadcasting here. If you want to get in touch, 
do get in touch with us on Twitter and Facebook at IT Women's Podcast or email us on the Women's Podcast at IrishTimes.com. The podcast is produced by me, Roisin Ingle, with Suzanne Brennan and with JJ Vernon on sound. Until next time, thank you very much for listening and take care of yourselves. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.